Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Willcast, the podcast with the potentially most creative name in the world. Thank you for tuning in, subscribing, and commenting. I appreciate that. And speaking of commenting, today's viewer question is, which fitness influencers do you follow? Today, I'm honored to be joined by Ryan from Minus the Gym. How you doing, Ryan? Great. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing very good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I appreciate the opportunity. So it's it's always interesting to talk to someone who does calisthenics just like myself. And I guess, first of all, I would like to hear your background in in the whole fitness space. How did you start working out and how did you start calisthenics? Because I can understand that you did weightlifting before you did calisthenics. Yeah. So that goes way back to my childhood, actually. Um, I grew up obese, like seriously, like I'm, I'm not using that word incorrectly. I was about 60 pounds overweight and I entered high school like that and I got made fun of quite a bit. So naturally, like, you know, with PE class, I was exposed to different types of fitness, calisthenics, the weight room, you know, lifting weights. And I never was a jock, you know, never got into playing sports. I was more into music. You know, I'm a guitarist and I'd play in okay. bands. And But um, I just loved fitness because I started doing it to lose the weight. And it, you know, the results came dramatically, like very fast, mainly because it was, I was doing both fitness and nutrition. I was learning about nutrition at the same time and implementing both. Um, and I graduated high school, like looking totally different. People didn't even recognize me at the end of high school. Oh, wow. So yeah, that was my, like how I got into fitness and I continued lifting weights throughout most of my twenties. Um, I kind of got into partying for a while in the middle of that, but As I one still do. exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most people do. Um, I was still exercising though, despite partying on the weekends and kind of abusing my body. Uh, but as my thirties approached, it got harder and harder to get to the gym. And that's where calisthenics came in, especially when my daughter was born when I was 31. I mean, it was just out of the question. So I didn't want to give up fitness completely. So I started doing push-ups and pull-ups and dips and all those at home. And that's where calisthenics came in. And that's actually how I started minus the gym. I, um, I, I remember you saying that in a video that you had your daughter, in your 30s right and mm -hmm. i was actually really surprised because i you look so great like honestly you i i thought you were in your 20s i really did oh. how old are you uh right now i'm 36 36 okay i was i was really surprised actually cool <laughs> but Thanks, i mean man. that's, that's the problem. that's what the gym and and nutrition can do to you right yeah for sure yeah so how did you get inspired to teach what you have learned on YouTube to people? Yeah, so it's a combination of things, really. Um, when I was 25 years old, this is in the middle of, you know, partying and still lifting weights. I went for a physical at the doctor and I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, like really high blood pressure. And I didn't want to take any meds. And that's when I started eating a more plant predominant diet. Um, I'm not necessarily vegan and I don't push veganism on people, but I just, I learned about nutrition, you know, previously, and I knew I should be eating more plants 
And at the time, veganism was growing. So I kind of jumped on that bandwagon for a while. And um, it, it just changed my health completely. My blood pressure lowered, but a lot of other health issues like acne and things I was experiencing, they just vanished in a few weeks. So there was that. I wanted to bring that to the world. But then when I was 31 and my daughter was born, I was like, I completely adopted calisthenics 100%. And I was really impressed. Like I didn't necessarily get bigger, like bigger than I was lifting weights, but I found it easier to lean out. My mm. appetite actually was lower, even though I was working out so much. And I just wanted to share that with the world. And I, I wasn't sure how, <laughs> believe it or not, minus the gym started as a blog and it was called no gym necessary. Oh, okay. So, yeah. A blog um, on, on a website blog. Yeah. It was a, just a web, a Squarespace website. Okay. It didn't really go anywhere. I told a friend about it and he was like, first of all, the word necessary is way too long and hard to spell. So he helped me come up with minus the gym. And then uh, he said, get on YouTube. He's like, why not? It's, you have a better shot at getting seen on YouTube. So yeah, that's how I started it. And it really was a culmination of, I wanted to share what I've learned about nutrition and health, but also how we don't have an excuse. Like if we can't get to the gym, great, you know, do calisthenics, do absolutely. primal movement, do yoga. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best thing about calisthenics, right? You can do it literally anywhere. Yeah. I even have, as you can see, like a pull up bar in the back. Like, I don't lie. I do calisthenics too. <laughs> Oh, I believe you. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's a pretty cool looking pull up bar because it has so many grips on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty big, too, and, and pretty heavy. Sometimes I'm actually a bit worried that it might get ripped off the wall because it's it's fairly large. But yeah, it's a it's a good bar. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, oh, yeah. What the thing you said about high blood pressure does. Uh, is that the cause of meat? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to like put down what people like to eat, but for me, it was a combination of I was overeating. I was eating in a caloric surplus very often for, you know, like trying to bodybuild. And a huge percentage of my diet was chicken breast, fish, lean beef, eggs. And um, all those things really do because of the cholesterol and saturated fat. If you eat that way for years, you know, if you, if you have it in moderation, I don't think it's quite as bad, but when you're eating that way for years and in a caloric surplus, like I was, it definitely damaged my arteries. Okay. And it, yeah, like every, like the acne and my bowel issues, like those resolved in a few weeks, the blood pressure took three months because I think the arteries needed a break from all that cholesterol and saturated fat. And once it has a break from it, they finally, like your body is very good at healing itself. So once you stop putting gasoline on the fire, now it can, you know, put out mm. the fire by itself. Makes sense. So what does your diet look like now? Now it's, um, I, I say plant predominant. It's about 95% plant-based. So I like to give you an idea. My typical day is a fruit smoothie in the morning. And that's usually with like soy milk. Um, but sometimes I'll use water instead of soy milk and a bunch of different fruits. Sometimes it's a green smoothie. I'll put a lot of greens in there, um, flaxseed and things like that, and just blend that up and go. Um, lunch, lot, lately I've been making lentil stew and I just make a big pot of it and that's my lunch for the week. Mm. Just have lentil stew. And then dinner is like, it depends on if I'm cooking or my wife, um, but that's where sometimes a little bit of animal products, I do 
I'm lenient with it. So I'll have fish now and then, or um, like we'll have eggs sometimes in a salad, but it's mostly plant-based. Like last night, it was this Brussels sprouts and quinoa dish with balsamic vinegar and leeks and pine nuts. It was really good. So that's more like a vegan dish. You know, I don't, I don't eat animal products every day by any means, mm. but I'm not super strict with it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I um, I I probably eat less greens that I'd like to admit, but I, I have gone better at it because I do know the importance of it. Um, I tend to I make smoothies at night, it's where I get all of my greens in there because I I prefer to drink it rather than eat it because it's more convenient, and. And I, I do eat a lot of meat, and but I have considered trying uh, a vegan diet for like a month and see how my body feels. Like I, I assume you could recommend that. Yeah, and how how old are you? I'm you 23. Okay, so you're still pretty young. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. Like I think plant-based and veganism, it's something that like people have to be ready for. They have to want to do it. You can't really you know, force mm. it on somebody. So the fact that you're interested in it and you're curious about trying it at a young age, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, I was 25 when I made the, the leap and I did it because of health issues and I couldn't believe. And plus you'll notice you have more energy and you recover better from your workouts because it's really an anti-inflammation diet. It's anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So you'll, you'll put in the hard work, you'll, you know, you'll do your workouts and it, Let's say you typically be sore for a day or two. You might notice that you're not sore the next day after your workouts. I noticed that personally. Mm. Do you eat in a uh, Do you eat in a caloric deficit now? A lot of the time, I do. Um, but if you do that too long term, it really starts to wreak havoc on your your musculature. So I typically am eating. Uh, I don't count calories, so I don't know for sure, mm. but. I feel like I'm eating more closer to maintenance most days. I just try to eat till I'm satiated. Okay. Uh, some some days, if the food's really good, I might eat in a surplus, and some days I'll eat in a deficit. Do you find it hard to eat in a surplus on a vegetable or in a, a plant-based diet? No, absolutely not. Like, if you use nuts and seeds or nut butters, um, if you use oil in your diet, um, you can absolutely overeat and, and get into a surplus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts have a lot of calories in them, don't, don't they? Mm -hmm. okay. Even legumes like beans and lentils, they're quite calorie dense too. Okay. And they're packed with protein. I recommend if, if you do a vegan diet or plant-based, do your research. Um, I, I eat lentils almost every day or some type of legume. Greens. In fact, if you can get greens at every meal, that's that's the way to go. It's hard to do though. And uh, make sure you're getting some good omega-3 source, like flax seed, hemp seeds, chia seeds every day. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in trying the vegan diet. And I've heard it from so many people that you're just going to have so much more energy, which sounds incredible. Like, it makes sense that, you know, all these plants that the earth has readily available for you it makes sense that they're good for you too it's just mm -hmm. it's it's interesting how much it's interesting how varied people eat like how many different things there are to eat right oh yeah for sure
Yeah. And there's so many different diets out there too. It's easy to get caught up in the confusion. And, um, you know, uh, if, if you try plant-based, like I was saying, just to do your research, but I've also personally noticed that even a little bit of animal products, I feel pretty much the same as when I was vegan in terms yeah. of energy and, you know, anti-inflammatory workout recovery. Um, I have upped the fish intake quite a bit. Like I think that was last year or maybe late 2019. And that's when I started to notice like, okay, like that I can feel a difference. So as long as I keep it to like maybe once a week or so, like we might get sushi once a week or um, my wife loves cooking eggs for breakfast, for example, like something like that once a week, it doesn't seem to affect me. Mm. So it's, it's not about being exclusive and saying I'm never eating animal products again. It's more about finding the right balance for you. But if you look at evolutionary biology, um, we, they say that we come from the hominid family, which is like the great apes uh, and chimpanzees and bonobo monkeys are, are genetic cousins essentially. And when you look at their diets in the wild, they eat mostly fruits and vegetation. They're called mm. omnivorous frugivores. Mm. They do eat eggs out of bird's nests and they'll eat small insects and rodents and stuff. But for the most part, they're, they're like 98% plant-based. Yeah, that's interesting. So, also, I think um, humans' teeth, you can, you can like look at humans' teeth and they aren't like uh, carnivore teeth. So I, I, I do believe there is like a, a connection between that, that humans aren't really carnivores. Yeah, I, I do believe that too. I think, I think we evolved from those omnivorous frugivores and like our body can obviously digest anything. It can, you know, meat, plants and stuff in between, but it's like, what do you operate better on? What is, what is more optimal for your digestive system? And you, for me personally, I found firsthand that plants are the way to go. Do you think it varies from person to person? I mean, obviously it does, right? But do you think there's like um, people that could literally, like I've heard of people who, who, who do the carnivore diet that only eat meat, like literally only eat meat. Do you think it, it can really vary that much from person to person? Like how well your body functions on different diets? Because that kind of sounds crazy, right? Yeah. I think in some cases people are going to feel better on a carnivore diet because if they're suffering from an autoimmune disorder, for example, or, um, you know, they might be eliminating something from their diet that was causing issues, whether it's grains like, like wheat or something. And then, yeah, they're going to feel better on that carnivore diet. My take is I would like to see more research on carnivore because I suspect that long-term, if you put someone on carnivore for say, two decades their arteries aren't going to be very healthy mm. and could you see yourself doing like a, a carnivore cleanse like a seven day uh carnivore diet it's very funny that you asked that and uh i can't and this is something i haven't mentioned on the channel so this is exclusive to will oh but hey <laughs> yeah i was i was actually born with a genetic disease called pku it stands for uh, phenylketonuria. And what it is basically is that my liver doesn't produce enough of this enzyme to metabolize an essential amino acid called phenylalanine. So uh, phenylalanine's in everything from apples to zucchini, but it's also very prominent in meat and animal products. So I actually was vegetarian until I was 13 years old. I couldn't eat meat. Uh, that was by doctor's recommendations. Because if I ate the meat, 
all that phenylalanine would damage my body. It build up in my blood and, and essentially poison me and damage my brain. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So if I ate the carnivore, so you were talking about people being unique. Absolutely. If I ate carnivore, I would get brain damage because of my PKU. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Even on a plant-based diet, I have to be careful. Um, things like chickpeas and green peas are very high in phenylalanine. So I have to limit those. And I focus more on, um, there are certain plant-based foods that are lower in phenylalanine compared to the other amino acids. Oh. So yeah, I mean, carnivore diet is not for me. And point is everyone's unique. There might be people who can't do a plant-based diet because of some fruit allergy or something. It'd be very difficult. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah. how did you, uh, so you ate, uh, did you say vegetarian from until 13 years old? Yep. Yeah, I was vegetarian and I had special low protein foods provided by, you know, the they're like medical foods. Okay. So you, you can't just like buy them at the grocery store. You got to order them special. And from 13 and above until you got obese, what did your diet look like then? Um, I went to a standard diet. I kind of because um, when you're younger like that and your body's developing, that's when they say you got to stick to the PKU diet the closest. Once I got to be a teenager, I rebelled. I started going to McDonald's with my friends and, mm. you know, getting Big Macs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I got healthier and I started eating, you know, the chicken breast and the broccoli and the brown rice and everything. And yeah, I, I really, I went all in on the, the lean meats and vegetables and, you know, the complex carbs all the way from 13 till 25 years old. Okay, got it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have never at all until I started working out thought about my diet at all. I just always ate what my mama cooked, you know, and then I became more conscious once I started working out. And it was more for the sake of building muscle back then when I started working out. I didn't really think much about, uh, about it health-wise, but then I started to look a little bit more into it and started to notice how my body felt eating different things eating different amounts of things and that's when i started to become really fascinated about nutrition and it's funny how little in a sense this information is is known to people that like obviously in america their obesity is a uh, an epidemic right mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah it's 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 really interesting that this information is, I wouldn't say hidden, but it's not, you know, health and nutrition isn't necessarily common knowledge to most people. It's not. And unfortunately, you know, people, they love to hear good things about their bad habits. That's not my quote, by the way. That's, I think, T. Colin Campbell said that from uh, Cornell. But what he means by that <clears throat> is that people love to hear that the foods that they like to eat are healthy, even if they're truly not. So when you see magazine covers that say, oh, keto's on the rise and you can eat bacon again and all these things, people are gonna jump on that. They're, they're gonna just believe that and keep eating their bacon and, and their unhealthy foods. So I think there's a lot of noise, you know, like pollution and confusion in the nutrition realm because people love hearing that stuff. And I've, I personally realized just on minus the gym, when I make videos about plant-based nutrition, and I'm out there, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just genuinely being like, hey, look, this diet helped me in so many ways. People unsubscribe, they leave me negative comments. They they really don't like it. Oh, wow. That's another yeah. <laughs> problem, right? That people, 
people are so bad at taking in feedback from others or or even listening to other opinions like that's another thing people are so bad at yeah it's interesting and and not to like toot my own horn or anything but i've always been good at being open-minded that's like one of my gifts so when i first it was actually a friend of mine who recommended veganism he was a raw vegan he's not anymore but he was like dude you've got to try this when i was 25 and i'm like all right and i actually went from like one day eating chicken breast and, and beef and all that to the next day my breakfast was just strawberries just raw strawberries and lunch was watermelon and dinner was a big green salad with a fruit-based dressing and some sesame seeds and when i did it like that from one extreme to the other going raw vegan i felt the difference like i mean it, it was very apparent to me i was just like holy cow <laughs> So the, the open-mindedness, I don't think many people wouldn't do that. They wouldn't just suddenly go raw vegan on a dime, mm. but I did. And uh, that's how I, how I just knew that this is right because I felt so good. Within five days, like eating that way, it was night and day difference. I could imagine switching from one diet to the other like, like that, I could imagine you were going to feel a difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy even took me shopping. He was like, "All right, you're gonna need ten pounds of strawberries. You're gonna need five watermelons." And it was it was really a great experience though, because I had somebody to coach me along mm. the way. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, now that we're on the topic of uh, eating interesting diets, I wanted to dive a little bit into the uh, seven day banana challenge that you did. <laughs> yeah, that was so interesting. How did you feel during that? You know, the first two or three days were bad at all but right in the midweek until the end i definitely felt like something's missing here you know and i think it was fat mm. you know a lot of people would say it was protein i was getting like 35 grams of protein a day which is, is very low but i was extremely low on on the fats fat yeah so yeah the fatty acids I, and i think that's really what was making me feel kind of uh so like I was really looking forward to ending that. <laughs> like, yeah, I could it, imagine. It, it was, yeah, it was a good experience because I was like, wow, you can survive on just this one food source. So our, our body must be pretty, um, I'm not sure what the word is. Like I, I worded it in the video. Like I think we have a metabolic reserve. Mm. Like we have nutrients built up in our bodies and we can uh, pull on those as needed and, and use them and assimilate them. So how many bananas did you eat a day? Uh, upwards of like 25 to 35 oh, bananas. That's yeah. so many bananas. I, I was eating in a surplus a lot of the days just because I was afraid of not getting enough protein yeah. and nutrition. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely an interesting experiment and, and not something I can say I recommend. No. I would recommend if you want to do that, you eat a variety of fruits, a variety of vegetables, mm. and include nuts and seeds so you get the fats and proteins for sure. Yeah, I was I was fascinated about that challenge. It goes to show how capable our bodies are of all kinds of different things, right? Like who yeah. would have thought you could survive on bananas for a week? <laughs> That's so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have probably gone much longer than a week though. No. <laughs> how long do you think you could survive on bananas? Um, well, I was already feeling like I was missing something. So I would say maybe just two or three weeks um i mean i'm sure you you wouldn't die at that point but you'd become deficient yeah certainly yeah and fat 
That's so fun. I love those types of challenges. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, did, I did another one that was a lot of fun. I did 100 push-ups and 100 pull-ups pull every day, and I went five weeks straight. I, my target was a month, but I just kept going. I went five weeks. Oh, okay. And that was a, a really great experiment because mm -hmm. that introduced me to the concept of you don't need rest days. Mm -hmm. And it, like, it, that's not necessarily true. You do need to, to rest and your muscles have to recover. But definitely my, like, especially my back, it just adapted to the, the movements. daily pull-up. Yeah, like I, I felt like I was on autopilot and every day I would just pound out those 100 reps of each. And then I even had time, cause that only took me like 20, 25 minutes. I had time for legs and core afterwards too. Mm. And I was actually in really good shape. It wasn't until week five, I stopped cause I pulled a muscle. I pulled my rhomboid on my uh, upper back on the left side. And that was to me a signal like, okay, you're overdoing it. You need to rest. But the body is very resilient and capable of a lot more than we think. What kind of progress did you see from that type of training? I felt light as a feather. I like pull-ups were, they've always been challenging for me, especially when I was, you know, overweight, when I was younger, I couldn't even do pull-ups. But at the end of this experiment, I felt like I could just explode up. Like I was light as a feather. And muscle-ups got a lot easier, too. Yeah, I was going to so, ask, did it transfer into any other exercises? But yeah, muscle-ups, that makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just muscle-ups. My, my pull-ups got way more explosive. And, you know, I wasn't doing perfect form, like, <laughs> far from it. I was doing explosives. I was doing, you know, kind of sloppy form, just trying to get in those 100 reps. Mm. But <clears throat> definitely, I, it, I had great endurance. And I did put on masks. You know, I've watched that video and I looked at how I look now compared to then and before then. I definitely puffed up a little bit from doing the 100 reps a day. Interesting, yeah. Did you yeah. do any um, other uh, push or pull exercises on those days or just the pull-ups and push-ups? No, so what I would do is I would do different variations of push-ups and pull-ups every day. So like, let's say Monday I did standard mm. push-ups and pull-ups, 100 reps of each. And then on the next day, on Tuesday, I would do maybe wide grip pull-ups and, um, you know, wide push-ups. And then the next day I would do diamond push-ups and close grip pull-ups. So I was changing the variation from day to day, but I wasn't doing, like, I wasn't training front lever or any other pulling movements. Um, you know, I, I was just sticking to variations of push-ups and pull-ups. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I could imagine your body would go kind of, um, I, th I guess your body would plateau if you did the same variation every day, right? Yeah, and it would probably in the beginning be very hard. You'd be very sore after a few days. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, before I let you go, Ryan, uh, I kind of want to know, um, it's totally unrelated to anything we've talked about so far, but do you talk to any other fitness influencers? No, I mean, I talked to uh, Kyle Bogman, so he's he's a smaller channel, but he's really, he, he's taken the basic calisthenics and, and just totally, uh, he's reignited my passion for calisthenics in a way, because I was getting kind of burnt out on it, uh, especially all the gymnastics style, mm -hmm. you know, all the, all the human flags <laughs> and the planches and all that stuff. And Kyle is out there, he's doing the, I highly recommend you check out his channel, mm -hmm. Kate Bogues. He's just doing the basics, just push-ups, pull-ups, and squats, different variations of them, and using daily undulating periodization, and he's gotten amazing results. 
So I've been following him and talking to him a lot on Instagram. Um, so some smaller channels, Lee Downing Keith is another, but I don't talk to like Austin Dunham or mm. Fitness FAQ or Hybrid Calisthenics or anybody like that. Okay. What was the guy's name again? Kyle Bogman. <laughs> hey, Bogues. Okay. I'm going to have to check that guy out. It sounds really cool. Yeah, definitely. He's on YouTube and Instagram. Really nice guy. And I just love his philosophy. His training philosophy is like, keep it simple and keep active every day. Just, you know, stick to the basics. It's really good for health and longevity. Cool. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me on the, on Willcast. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Do you have anything you want to plug before we end it? Not really. I mean, um, if you haven't checked out my channel yet, it's minus the gym on YouTube. Just give it a watch if you're interested in learning how to keep fit and healthy at home without a gym. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Ryan. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that. Thanks for subscribing and commenting. And again, the viewer question of the day is, what fitness influencers do you follow? All right, that's going to do it. Peace.